Hello and welcome to Tex Talks Extra. I am Tex and today I am talking to a producer and performer who has been making danceable electronic music that runs the scale of sub-genres with its honest lyricism and clean production from his early teens. I am of course talking about Liam Jones from Evida. Liam, welcome to the show my friend. How are you? Hi Tex, I am fantastic. We finally got a day and a time to sit down and do this. Yeah, I mean, we've been dying to chat. Yeah, no, we've been dying to chat forever, right? Literally, like for the last like two years, not even a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I think a lot of people forget when we talk about Evita that you are a two-time Sama nominee. And I think people need to put way more respect on that. But I remember that Evita used to be two people, it was you and your brother. But over the last while, Mm -hmm. it seems to have just organically morphed into it being you. Where did your brother go? (laughs) So my brother, uh, he's he's a lot more practical than me. So he went and he started an IT company. um, And he's worked in IT for years. So even whilst we were like touring around and DJing and stuff, he was uh, working in his own little space. So I mean, yeah, he's um, kind of just gone off and started his own company and is doing really well like with that and i was like listen dude like we gotta we gotta have a chat because you're not gonna have enough time very very soon Mm. so we sort of organically eased him out what's the vibe like now when it comes to working alone uh it's a lot more work which i was uh not ready for i'll put it that way like i was like oh yeah i can do this alone and then went oh no i have to do everything i have to do mixing mastering (laughs) production work pr work everything (laughs) I mean, do you miss bouncing ideas of your brother and like getting him to take some of the workload off or, you know, are you surrounding yourself with other people who can do that for you now? So I'm definitely surrounding myself with a lot of people who can do that for me now. So, I mean, the team is growing bit by bit. So I think we've, we, we, we kind of, I've, I've reached the space where I can pretty much happily say that there is always going to be someone that's going to tell me no and always someone that's, you know, like some, someone's going to be, give me a real yes and not like a, a you know, like a fangirl yes. They'll give mm-hmm. me a real yes and a real no off the bat. So I built a really nice group of people around me. You know, there are a lot of up and coming musicians that listen to this podcast. And I think that one of the things that they'll all agree upon is it's really difficult when you're starting out to figure out who you can trust and who you can't trust and who you should surround yourself with and who you shouldn't surround yourself with. And you've been in this game for a while, even though you're quite young. What would you say is like the litmus test for you to working with someone or to going, "Ah, I think that's a red flag. I'm not going to work with this person. Hmm. Okay. So, so red flags for me are, I think over enthusiasm is actually a red flag. (laughs) <laughs> like um we we're like where someone comes in and they're like oh yeah no you worked with this person and this person and this person i go mm, i understand what you're saying i know you're like oh yeah you, you you've worked with some very interesting people but you're looking at them and you're not looking at me and what's more important in this it, it like this sounds very egotistical but more important in that situation is do you want to work with me because of what i can do or do you want to work with me because of the other people i've worked with so that would Fair be a enough. red flag um i think positives are like People who are just super chilled, man, like someone that I can have a conversation with and, and, and get to know long before we even talk about music. It always makes it a lot more comfortable, like for real. And I think um, someone that has genuine interest in you 
as a person uh, is always someone that you want on your side, just like you. Stop flattering. You're too cute, man. I'm, I'm allowed to flatter. But, <laughs> listen, I'm sure that your brother still like pops his two cents in every now and again. Like, hey, what are you working on? I'm sure he gets FOMO mm -hmm. though, because you're still out here like doing your thing, you know? He definitely does. Like, uh, I think I think it was last week he sent me a little text and was like, so uh, what's going on? What's, what's, what's happening? And I'm like, you haven't spoken to me for like three months, my brother. You've been busy, but I mean, um, uh, what's, what do you mean? <laughs> is, is this just, is this just a, a house check or is this a music check? Which one is it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Has he like given you any sort of input on the new tunes? We'll talk about the new tunes just now, but have you like played him anything? Has he like demanded that you, that you send him the album to like listen to you? So he, I think, I think part, part of the deal was that he, I, I said to him, listen, I need you to distance yourself from me just for this little bit. Um, so he has heard the album because I sent it to him, but uh, my brother's a bit more, so I, I always called him a robot. He's not, he's, he's like really not great with people. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's, he's very much uh, an introverted person. So like I did send him some stuff and said, Hey, have a listen. He gave me what he thought. Um, he did like all of it, but he's, I think he's a little weirded out, obviously that I'm drifting sort of away from what we were doing. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I think for me, what's more important is, is the stuff that is coming out is definitely more of a representation of myself for multiple reasons. Like, you know, this, the fact that there's an actual story, part one and part two that I'm actually singing and writing and that kind of thing, it definitely makes a big difference. Mm. So how daunting was it though, to get into studio and start making music, you know, with just you or how exciting was it? Because you just said, you know, you've kind of veered away from the type of music that Evita was making when you guys started to what you're doing now. So, I mean, if I was you, I'd be like, this is a hell, a hell of a lot of fun actually, because I get to do whatever the hell I want to. I think, yeah, that's basically what happened. I think the first, so the, the, one of the songs that's actually in, in, in and amongst the new tunes uh, is already out um and was the first song that i worked on on my own which was ring of roses um mm -hmm. which is kind of about like uh especially at the particular time that we'd started um it was about staying at home and kind of like how uh how i was feeling about it, you know everyone going like let's all go out still and i'm like guys i get it i know you want to go out but it was super early into lockdown i think we're in still in uh stage five so it was like, guys, I know you want to do this, but this is not going to make it any better. And I wrote the whole song kind of just feeling all the way through rather than, you know, kind of calculating my way through it. Because often I would write, um, especially in the production space, I'd write and I'd be calculating like, who's going to listen to this? How are they going to listen to it? What, what, is the, what is the direction that I needed to go? Whereas this one, I was like, nah, I'm just going to do it. Let's go. Hmm. Mm. You know, another thing that I appreciate about you, and you spoke about lockdown, your music is very responsive. Like you're not blind to what's going on in the world or what's going on in the media. And, you know, you incorporate that into your music, um, you know, with, with Ring of Roses, but also with City of the Sun that you released back in July in response yeah. to the riots and the craziness that South Africa was going through at the time. How did recording that song help you process what was happening? Because that was a that was a hectic time. Yeah, so it was interesting. So the song actually, the first, basically the first half 
actually maybe even more than half of it was already written. So I went to a writing camp um, in February at Sun City um, with a couple of people. So uh, Omi Kobe was one of them and she's the, she's the other vocalist on it. And originally it kind of wasn't that deep, that, that sort of deep feeling song. Like we just wrote it cause we were writing. Um, it was literally originally about being in Sun City while it was raining and we didn't have anything to do. <laughs> so it, it like started as like this really like just blank canvas. And then as uh, the riots sort of started happening, I kind of went this, I sat and listened to the song. Cause I was just like, especially in that space, I think everyone was trying to just find a clear headspace. So, I sat and listened through a whole bunch of my music that some of the stuff that was sitting behind the scenes and some stuff that was out and it came up. And when it did, I was like, Oh wow, this has actually got the potential to really send the message that I want to send that I'm, I'm because everyone kind of posted and stuff on socials and I just didn't know mm-hmm. what to do. Like I, 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 I you, you reach that point where you're like unsure of who it is that you want to talk to. And I listened to the song and realized that it's actually talking to everyone. So it's talking to each individual part of that space. So whether it be the person who's looting, whether it be the person who's in privilege sitting in their house, getting all scared, whether it's, uh, you know, somebody, whether it's the cops that are having to deal with people who are so desperate that they're, that they're willing to just go out and loot, um, and whether it's that guy who's driving his Mercedes and going and joining the looting, um, it's it's kind of like a, a very clear message. It was just that last piece that I added. Um, so just the I think it's um, uh, cities in the dark, but the sun will rise. The the last piece of it was more of a uh, like a, a specified message, which was in essence like just be empathetic everywhere. It doesn't matter which position you're in, just empathize with every other group. Cause if you don't, you won't be able to clear up any of this mess in the, at the, at the end of the day. So yeah, it was quite a, that was an interesting song to write, especially that last bit, I think more than anything. But you're right. Being able to empathize is a very good trait to have. And I think that a lot of people who can't empathize think that musicians should just entertain and not get involved in politics or social issues, you know? How do you feel about that that stay in your lane mentality, for want of a better phrase? I think it's so look, I get I think I get what people are trying to say. And it's not so much I, I think a lot of people are saying it genuinely out of fear that mm-hmm. the artist is gonna say something that or, or do something that's gonna ruin their reputation and now oh, I, I don't agree with you politically so I'm not going to listen to you um, so I think there's there's definitely a, um, I think there's positives and negatives to it so I think one again thinking empathetically the person who's saying it is probably just scared that the artist is just going to say something that they disagree with and they're going to go ah now, now I've got to be part of the cancel culture and disagree with you um, mm. but I do think that I, I think artists should be to an extent politically not politically charged i think i think maybe that's maybe maybe not the way i would put it i think everybody has their opinions and everybody has their right to an opinion and if your opinion is something that you want to shove out there go for it dude like that's up to you it's not it's not my decision um and nor is it anyone else's so i feel like yeah i think that it's it's got the positives and negatives the positive being that yeah 
cool. Everyone's trying to look after you. The negative being that, you know, you can, you could really, um, you could do so much good by speaking up and by speaking out. So it's about who you are as a person more than what everyone else is saying. Definitely. I do think that it's about the individual and who you are as a person. I, I think that if it's not in somebody's nature to be overtly political, you can't force them, you know? No, yeah, you really can't. Mm. But I want to talk about your upcoming a debut album being released on the 5th of November because, you know, you've cleaned up your Instagram profile, which is like always a telltale sign that someone's going to release something. Like there are only a handful mm -hmm. of posts on their feed. But like, how long has this album been in the pipeline? Because I know... I know you, Liam, and you've been working. You've been working on this. Oh, I don't know. Let me, I'm trying to think when the, I think, so the, the, it's difficult because there's a lot of songs in there that have kind of been around. And I think because I, so I had like, I literally had like a whole previous album um, on the dance music -y side of things that was like ready to go and rearing. And I kind of just went, it didn't represent me anymore. So I picked up a couple of the songs from there. And I mean, I think I recorded that album in like 2017. Um, so some of the songs are like from that long ago, but I think specifically directly and like purposefully working on this album, it's been more of a, uh, a very, it's not been as long as 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 I, I feel like it has. It's probably mm. been about like I, I think it's probably been maybe maybe a year odd. I think at least at least with regards to all the other parts of the process, because it's not just about obviously the music. So I mean the music's of probably course. been done now for at least six months. The music's been finished. So I think I, I would say about a year, a year and a bit. You released the first single of the album called Demons about three months ago. Featuring yeah. Luna Florentino, it, is that a good representation of the type of sound that we can expect on Mirror for a Miracle? I think it is, but I also think it's uh, like Mirror for a Miracle is quite a broad um, album. Like, there's a lot of different. Uh, it's it's a pretty multifaceted sound. So I'm not just uh, like I think like Demons is sort of a poppy hip hoppy song. Um, there are other poppy hip hop songs on the album, but I think it's also got a, a, a lot more to offer than just one sound, which I think is, I think genres have kind of blended in the last couple of years. Um, so I've kind of just gone and, and I've just like called it pop, like it's pop, but I think it's got a lot more to offer than just that. But that is definitely a, 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 a playing a, a role that's being played. I keep losing the link to the album in the mountains of emails <laughs> and messages that I have. So I keep asking you to send it to me. I feel so bad. But I've had a sneaky listen to the album a few times, and it's great. It's like great with a capital G, great. <laughs> and, I you know, really I know it's been a long that. time in the works, but what are you most looking forward to about actually putting it out into the world and having people pick their favorites and, oh, my gosh, getting to tour it? finally yeah geez i think that that's the for me that's probably the the main thing uh the fact that everything's slowly so, sort of starting to open up i'm like oh, timing timing is so nice thank you <laughs> so i think i think um getting to tour it is definitely top of my list um 
But I'd, I'd be inter- I'm very interested in seeing what it is that everyone else chooses as their favorites. Because I mean, like I, I genuinely, I think every single uh, track on the album is a favorite for me. Like I, I really love every single piece, but I'm supposed to. So um, I'd be very interested in seeing like how everyone else reacts to it as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't wait for it to like get put out into the world. And then I can finally start talking about it. But listen, we've reached the part of this podcast that I like to call This or That. Welcome to This or That with Tex. Where I give you two things to choose from, right? And then you pick the one that you prefer. And you don't have to say why you picked that thing unless you want to. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, here we go. Okay. Puppies or kittens? Puppies. My man. Bootleggers or Vida? I have to say Vida because it's like so close to my name. So like I love bootleggers, but like Vida's Vida's so close to my name. I'm like, no, no, no. Give me a sponsorship, guys. Let's go. (laughs) You and I, we think alike. I knew knew that you'd pick that. Okay. Wimpy or Steers? Oh, oh, that's a hard one. Because mm. the context changes that. Like, if I'm on a trip, definitely wimpy. I think, but in general, steers. Why, when you're on a trip, wimpy? Oh, there's just nothing like. I remember I, I, when I was a kid, I used to take like these. Uh, my parents would like, we'd go on holiday somewhere, and we'd always like wake up early, leave at like five o'clock in the morning. And there was a petrol station just not, not like too far out from where we lived, because I grew up in. Um, a little town called Henley on Clip, uh, which is out um, sort of uh, about what an hour's drive from central Joburg, but south. Oh, wow. um, so my parents would like take us away on holiday, and I remember being a kid. And the one thing I would always love getting was a wimpy Dagwood at like that five o'clock in the morning. I'd have a wimpy Dagwood, and like I mean, when I say kid, I mean like twelve. So I'd like have wimpy Dagwood and a coffee, and it was just like oh. Just pure nostalgia every time I have one. I've never had one. <gasps> okay, we gotta have one. Gotta do a road <laughs> trip. Okay, let's get back on track. All right, tequila or Jägermeister? Jäger, every day of the week. Oh man, I don't know if I agree with you here. Like, you know me, like, you know, I love a good yeah. Jägermeister, but tequila. Yeah. That's what I bleed. Anyway, <clears throat> okay, back on the ru- back on the bus. Nasty C or Blackie? Nasty C every day of the week. Again, uh, yeah, like I'm I'm right there. I'm like a proper fanboy. Okay, and then last but not least, Drake or Kanye? Drake. Interesting. Why Drake? So I, okay, specifically, let, let's, 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 let's ease this in a little bit differently. <laughs> so I think if we're talking about artistry, then Kanye is definitely right up there. But if we're talking about the guy that most people can like, just open up an album and listen to, I'm going to go with Drake. Um, just cause he's just like, it's just, it just works every time. Like Kanye is hit and miss. When he hits, he hits amazingly. Whereas Drake just just hits. Like there's I don't I don't I don't 
dislike any of his music. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I think that would be a that'd be a fair way to put it. I think we agree on all of these except for the tequila Jägermeister part. <laughs> Uh, so I'll tell you why. As so I can tell you the tequila story. So I had, um, so my mom's nickname is the Tequila Queen. So she's like, as in between, but like, I remember we'd like go to um, What's work your events. mom's name? I want to say Jenny. Stephanie. Stephanie. Okay. Stephanie and I need yeah. to meet. We need to hang. Yes. No, and you should for real. Like it's so my, my parents are party animals. Comparison to me, I'm like, I, I can't do this as much as you guys. They used to party like every weekend. Um, and my mom would like, I remember going out to a, uh, I went to VIP room in Santa the one time and I'm just hanging with my mates. Um, it was just, the, it was just where we ended up. And this like plate of shots arrives at the table and none of us know who bu- who'd bought it. So like the waiter, so that we, we wait and we wait for the waiter to come back. It comes back and I'm like, dude, who, who buys it? Who, who, who bought these for us? And I look behind, uh, uh, like the guys like points and I look behind him and my parents are like sitting waving and smiling like 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 happy kids who've just given a, their <laughs> who've just like gotten a Christmas present and they're like <laughs> in the back corner of the club smiling at me I'm like oh no oh no guys oh my god Liam this is amazing I could do this all day but we've come to the end of text talks extra and it's been an absolute pleasure oh. chatting to you and I wish you all the best with your new album and I cannot wait to actually see it in action. Thank you so much. Text Talks is coming to you from the amazing Kaya Creative Studios at Neighborgood in beautiful Cape Town, South Africa. Shout out to Tom's, the only music store for keeping us connected. From me, your host, Tex, my producers, Jonathan Ings and Matt Lutz, and our researcher, L Clapper. Catch you on the flip side.